God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So, Carrie Lake, finally, she uh, she uh, she won Arizona. Not new news. But here's the thing that's uh, interesting about the Arizona case. Let's take a listen uh, really quick uh, to this um, this sound clip where she pretty much said let's count the votes on the day. We got to get it, we got to get away from this uh mail in balloting and these machines. A lot of people are saying that she broke the algorithm. She and Donald Trump broke the algorithm. Um it's a big deal really. Um when you think about it, the Trump basically uh you know won across the board on Tuesday. And uh, that says a lot. That says so many things. That tells that tells the entire Republican Party who the boss is. That basically says to everybody, take notice. That's also telling the Democrats. But you know, some people aren't getting that 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 MAGA is alive and well and kicking. But somebody needs to send that memo back to. Megan McCain, who basically is saying that uh, you know, let this let this be a fair warning that the people that are you know that the, she was alluding to the idea that the Democrats were funding the MAGA candidates because the MAGA candidates are the easiest to beat by the Democrats. So uh, basically, she's saying that the uh, establishment elite. Uh, candidates uh, have the best chance of winning against their Democrat counterparts in November. And that's what they're, you know, so she's saying that somehow the MAGA, the MAGA candidates are getting aid and comfort from the Democrats who want the want to see the MAGA candidate and go against MAGA in November. I don't think that's true at all. I, 
I think that I think that the reason why Arizona is such a problematic state for counting votes, you know, they complicate everything. How complicated is it when you could have a country like France basically count all the votes easy, easily? They know the results almost instantaneously, even in close elections. And somehow Arizona can't figure this out. And what we've learned from the corrupt establishment, whether it's the corrupt left, the globalists, or what have you, or or rhinos like the McCain dynasty in Arizona, I think that they've rigged the system. It's a very corrupt system. Just like, I think, South Carolina, you know, uh, protecting and covering up for Lindsey Graham, and it's not so much it's not so much the infrastructure or the people that are running the GOP in South Carolina or Arizona or other states, Pennsylvania. You can go almost every state where it's tightly contested or where you have a uh, long-standing congressman, senator. I think that what happens is it's people like Lindsey Graham that corrupt the system in order to stay in power. And it's the only way you can really explain why they're in power for so long. They ask for favors, and sooner or long you build this nest, you know, this this infrastructure that's almost like a cocoon or a hyperbolic chamber around you. And that's one of the ways you have longevity in Congress. So you say, hey, he's a good man. He's a good man. I, I, I think this guy would be great for that job. And next thing you know, you get a guy, a guy uh, in charge of this precinct, and you get a guy in charge of that precinct, and you get a, someone in charge of this district, and someone in charge of this sheriff's office, and so on and so forth. And that's, that's, that's what ends up happening. And we're going to get into the Paul Pelosi thing. He pleaded, pled non, non, not guilty. And, you know, he's got an infrastructure in California that's protecting him. And again, it's two, two standards of justice. It's lady justice isn't blind. It's what has corrupted our system and allowed people to rig elections without getting thrown in jail, without any consequence, just rig the election and put the wrong people in power that don't represent the interests of the people. Do you think that the people, do you think that all of America wants a more powerful, lowest learner style IRS, heavily funded and fortified with guns, to do the dirty work of auditing every middle class person that supports MAGA, or doesn't have the right social credit score? Do you think America truly wants 80 to $85 billion to be sent over to the IRS to make them more powerful so they can audit and ruin your life? Do you really think that that's what America is signing up for? Do you think that's an re- accurate reflection of representation? I don't think so. If anything, once again, what I said was, They complicate things so much 
They complicate things so much that they create chaos and confusion. Just like Jonathan Gruber said, we're going to torture this Obamacare health care bill. We're going to torture it so much so that the average voter isn't going to know what's in it. Nancy Pelosi, we have to pass it before we know what's in it, right? And we're going to depend, according to Jonathan Gruber, when he was at Penn University, even though he was an MIT professor, he was at Penn when he said this, we're going to depend on the stupidity of the American voter. We're going to torture the bill and make it so complicated that nobody could figure it out. And that's exactly what they're doing with our our criminal justice. That's exactly what they're doing with um, crit- critical race theory, confusing our history, tearing down statues. That's exactly what they're doing with this trans BS. What's a woman? Don't know. You got a Supreme Court justice right now, the new one that was hired because she was black and a woman. And what was her name? Katanji Jackson or something like that? Katanji Jackson Brown or Brown Jackson? Um, they're going to have a vote on affirmative action. Hmm, I wonder what, how she's going to vote on that. Quota based systems, equity, right? Nothing in the Constitution says anything about equity or quotas based systems, but she's going to weigh in on it. That's a vote that's coming down the pike on the Supreme Court. But they they complicate these things, they confuse them, they create chaos, and you don't even know which way is up. They got the blueprint. They know exactly what scramble they're leading you into, what firefight they're leading you into. And they're prepared for the firefight. Whereas the average American Joe isn't. So meanwhile, in Arizona, they they just figured it out. The Carrie Lake, but Carrie Lake knew well ahead of time, and she also was worried that the fix was in in Arizona. And Meghan McCain and the McCain family, the crime family, the McCains and the Bidens and the Lindsey Grahams, they were all best buddies in the Senate for decades. And they've rigged these systems. They've created these cocoons. They, they've isolated themselves from the, so, that, so that the people's representation is not an accurate reflection of the people themselves. It's a rigged system, and we got to do something about it. we got to get corporate influence out. we got to get Zuckerbucks out. we got to get this stuff out. And there's, we need a lot more fair and honest debate. We need the candidates to actually be able to debate with one another and not have this segregated news cycles. We got to do better as a people. Our nation is at stake. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick listen to uh, Carrie Lake. She knew. She knew all along. And she was endorsed by Trump and she won big. When the votes are counted. So so she's being asked whether she'll concede the election on election night because she was looking like she was maybe behind. Let's take a listen. make you concede an election? When the votes are counted, when the legal votes are counted, we're going to win. When the legal votes are counted, we're going to win. You realize that most of the election day ballots haven't been counted. Hopefully you're astute enough to know that. 
because I don't think you are. But when the legal votes are counted, when the day of votes are counted, we're winning seven to ten, seven to three in the legal uh, day of the val ballots. So when they're counted, we're going to win. And if they're Thank you. It all when all legal votes are counted then I will concede, but I'm not going to concede because we're going to win. When all legal votes are counted and tallied, I think my opponent's going to be conceding, but probably before then. See that? That's a kind of harassment. That's not journalism. That's harassing. That's harassment. It's what that is. And huh, it's so frustrating, you know, and we're still dealing with these mail-in ballots. You know, Again, it's just so complicated. Why can't we just do it like the French? You know, if I have to dip my thumb, which they don't in France, but I mean, if I have to dip my thumb into some ink and go the old-fashioned way or go with paper, you know, Trump was right. Walls work, wheels work, fire works great. So does, you know, dipping, you know, paper ballots. Count them by hand. I can count a piece of paper faster then a person can fill out a ballot. Takes me, what, half a second? One. It takes the person filling out the ballot three, four minutes? Trust me, we can keep up. It's not rocket science. You can count all the votes. And, and if you need to keep the polls open a little later, uh, because the line is out the door and throughout, you know, all around the... Uh, the uh, voting precinct, fine. But make everybody show up on the day. If you need to make it a national holiday so there are no excuses, what better holiday than that? Better than June 19th? Juneteenth? No doubt about that. I don't even know what that's about. And who who does, really? It's been... It's been... Um, you know, to make that a national holiday is ridiculous. Now, if you want a national holiday, let's make it Election Day. You know, that's the thing. But we have we have a lot of problems in our country, and one of them is this. Oh well, we're going to talk about the Pelosi's, but before we get to Paul Pelosi and his misdemeanor and his new judge, we're going to talk about that. But I also have been thinking a lot about um, Nancy Pelosi's Asian trip. And now we're seeing all these rockets flying all, all over the place, uh, all, over, all surrounding um, Taiwan. And that's disturbing, to say the least. But it didn't have to happen. I want to talk about that for a second. But before we do something else, I, I want to send uh, heartfelt uh, condolences to the Walorski family. Uh, Jackie Walorski and two staff members in their 20s, it's heartbreaking, were hit by somebody who crossed the median and in Indiana. And here's an official statement from her tweet. It says... Um, Jackie's husband, Dean Swihart, Jackie Walorski, Congresswoman Jackie Walorski from Indiana's 3rd District, Jackie's husband, was just informed by the Elkhart uh, County Sheriff, Elkhart 
County Sheriff's Office that Jackie was killed in a car accident this afternoon. This was written yesterday. She has returned home to be with her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please keep her family in your thoughts and prayers, and we will. From all accounts, she was a splendid, wonderful person. I got to know a little bit about Jackie Walorski just in the last 12 hours, and I thought, wow, what a great, what a, what a seemingly great person. Don't know her, but uh, thought I would uh, <clears throat> mention that. It's a sad, sad, sad story. Um, but getting to the uh, Asian situation, um, you know, I I said this yesterday, and, and I kind of want to reiterate it today, um, that, uh, you know, I was thinking about it from this perspective, though, before the show today, and I was thinking, you get two alpha males, right, two tough guys, you know, whether they're, <clears throat> just envision that however you want, but two men, or two women, you know, it doesn't have to be a uh, gender, you know, it doesn't have to be. There are serious people in this world. They're all business. They don't waste time telling jokes. You know, they don't waste time poking their, you know, flicking your nose with their index finger. They don't waste time, you know, trying to ruffle your hair, you know, trying to agitate you and play these stupid games. They don't waste that time. And Nancy Pelosi is such a joke. She wasted her time. She's playing Mickey Mouse when President G is playing, you know, business. All business. All the time. And Putin is the same way. And I remember back, what was it, February now, I don't know. A friend of mine asked me, what do you think is going to happen in Ukraine? And I said, well, they invested heavily in Ukraine, but I don't think it's going to happen. It doesn't have to. I said, uh, I don't think that there's going to be a war there because it would be so stupid for a war to be there. And I said, it's so easy to avoid this before the war starts, even though Putin showed his true hand and basically he showed himself to be taken seriously. He surrounded Ukraine with, you know, a whole caravan of arsenal. And you had to take that seriously. He invested a lot of money in that. Surely, if you're going to invest that much money, you're going to pull the trigger. So there was that aspect of it. But then you listen to what Biden was saying. And you listen to it and you say, why is Biden saying that? That he thinks that Putin's going to go in. He, he was almost edging, almost willfully wanting that to happen. <clears throat> and I believe that it could have easily been avoided. But we had a different kind of leadership. And for years and decades, people like Lindsey Graham and Joe Biden and, you know, the usual suspects, the rhinos and the liberals, would just basically agitate with, with, without accomplishing a doggone thing. They would agitate Russia. 
They would they would blame everything on Russia. You know, some spies got poisoned. Blame it on Russia. There was a chemical weapons attack in Syria. Blame it on Russia. When it didn't make any sense at all, because Trump wanted to pull out of Syria, but Lindsey Graham wanted to stay in Syria because he had business to tend to there. Oil business. ISIS was protecting our oil pipelines going into Europe and in Africa. And we were financing ISIS to basically be mercenaries to protect the assets that were greasing the palms of the politicians. Like Lindsey Graham, like Joe Biden, the crime family, whatever. And it's interesting that the Biden crime family, where are they doing business? They're not doing business in France or Germany, you know, a civilized country. They're doing business in Iran, shady business. They're doing business in, in, in uh, Russia, getting millions of dollars from Moscow and doing business with oligarchs in Ukraine. They're doing business in China. They're doing business with all of the so-called evil actors. And now you got Biden basically on the separate page not supporting Nancy Pelosi's interest in going over there, which I don't even know why Nancy Pelosi needed to go there. So that's number one. It was a stupid idea. Because is she sitting down and is she signing anything? You see, South Korea doesn't even want Pelosi to go there. South Korea said, no, we're rejecting your visit because it's just going to agitate China. What good is it? What's the point? What's the purpose? You just want to flick your index finger across uh, Xi's nose and think that somehow that's going to be okay? Just like they did with Kim, Kim Jong-un. And they pound their chest in Congress and they act tough. And, you know, the thing is, is that a lot of people were up in arms when Trump called Kim Jong-un rocket man. But that was exactly the right tactic to take with a guy that probably plays video games. Some young leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, you know, he he was into pop culture and American pop culture. And so when he called it Rocket Man, he knew what he was doing. And Kim Jong-un put a smile on his face. I mean, basically kind of like smirked, like, I see what he's doing. Kim Jong-un's no dummy. But he was amused by that. And they were when Trump went over the, to Asia and went to the DMZ, which Nancy's going to go to the DMZ, but guess what? She's going to go to the South Korea side, but South Korea doesn't want her to go there, so she may not go. It was on her agenda. She's certainly not going to meet with Kim Jong-un or walk across the DMZ line. But here's the thing. When Trump did it, Trump actually got Kim Jong-un to sign something. There was progress made. There was a commitment to uh, detente, uh, peaceful behavior. You know, no, no war games. And the war games, you know, can be deadly. The war games also are essential for preparation. That's why we had the war games in South Korea. 
and we stopped some of those very expensive war games as part of our commitment to detente with North Korea. And there was a signature, a dotted line. They signed basically an agreement of detente. And they accomplished something. And the same thing holds true with China. They, they negotiated a real deal in phase one and phase two. They didn't just go over there and flick the nose for no reason whatsoever. Or they didn't just say, it's Russia's fault, even though Russia didn't do any of the, the stuff that they were accused of doing. You know, like Hunter Biden's laptop is supposed to be Russian disinformation. The Russian hoax. It's, you know, Russia was colluding with Trump. Russia was on record as saying, we don't have any information on Trump. Just like uh, the WikiLeaks guy, Julian Assange, basically said, you know, we would have reported a lot of stuff on Trump if we had it. We don't have anything on Trump. Trump's never done anything wrong. Not to the level of, say, the Biden crime family or Hillary Clinton and all this business, all the back deals that they were making, all the corruption and all the illegal uh, donations that were going into the Clinton Foundation and all the $750,000 speeches that uh, Bill Clinton made. I mean, it just screams of corruption. So while the Democrats are busy flicking the nose with their index finger and being annoying as hell and just basically just agitating for no reason, there's no gain to this, but they're escalating tensions as a result of it. And now for the first time in a while, China is sending missiles all around the island of Taiwan. We got that because of what Nancy Pelosi did. Did Nancy Pelosi get anything in return? They're almost looking at the stupidity of Nancy Pelosi and saying, hey, guess what? Now we have a good reason. We can actually say we're annoyed, even though we don't really care, we, right? So they could say we don't care internally. But overtly, they could say, well, we care a lot, the, uh, the symbolism and what this all means. Meanwhile, you know, Nancy Pelosi's over there, and she's basically uh, trying, to, trying to talk about, you know, women's issues with the women leader, woman leader of Taiwan. Let's take a listen to this. Because I'm speaker, I guess. I don't know if that was a reason or an excuse, because they didn't say anything. When the men came, <laughs> they made a big fuss because I'm speaker, I guess. I don't know if that was a reason or an excuse because they didn't say anything when the men came. Oh, OK. So it's all about she's a woman. You think that's G cares whether she's a woman or not? I mean, it's just a, such a simple, stupid statement. Take your identity politics back to America, lady, and just... Stop annoying me. Meanwhile, I'm going to use your agitation as an excuse. This is what Jesus could, could be saying. <clears throat> I'm going to use your agitation as an excuse to exercise our war games that we've been wanting to do for a while, but we didn't want to ruffle the feathers of anyone. So not only are we going to issue war, uh, uh, war games— and exercise our right to do that, right? 
And we're going to do that in retaliation. We're going to say we're doing it in retaliation, but really, so this falls in line with their 18-month strategy to go after Taiwan. And they wanted it politically, but in turn, if they can't get it politically, which it doesn't look like they're going to, then they're going to get it militarily. And guess what? Russia already stepped up and said, if you need some help, we'll be happy to help you. So what good did this serve us? It didn't serve us any good whatsoever. And then the whole fact that they were at odds with each other, um, you know, when you take a, a look at, um, you know, the separate pages, Peter Ducey um, was basically laughing at Kirby about uh, many of these things. But also, you know, um, he, was, he was on with uh, Jean-Pierre, and he basically said, you know, why didn't Biden support Pelosi? Why did he equivocate and make it look like, you know, the Pentagon and the America was weak? He's showing signs of weakness in Afghanistan. He's showing signs of weakness in Ukraine. And now China is issuing war games around Taiwan, preparing for an invasion because they know they're not going to get anywhere politically. So Russia's going to come to their defense. And what if now they also retaliate, and instead of Iran making the drones for uh, Russia uh, in Ukraine, that uh, China can turn around and make all the drones, because they're the number one manufacturer of drones in the world. So they make the drones, give them to Russia, and... That just becomes another wrinkle in the Ukraine conflict. What do they have to lose? They're already hated by America. I double dang dare you. I, I really, really strongly hate you. You know, the rhetoric is impossible to deal with. It's just ridiculous. It serves no purpose. And so all I'm trying to say is the, 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 uh, when you compare the two foreign policy strategies, Trump didn't waste time taking his index finger and flicking the nose and agitating these world leaders. He sat down and he just put pencil to paper, just like when he was at NATO. And he said, you know, Germany's not paying their bills. We need everybody. They're delinquent. They come across here on the red carpet in this beautiful building at NATO and they act pompous, but they're not, they're deadbeats. Let's call it what it really is. <clears throat> and it's the globalists that are the worst of the worst. So let's take a listen to this one, though. This is also um, just part of the reason why it is that you might see um, China flexing their muscles. Let's take a listen. Understand. As Something you just said is not consistent with what we were told last year. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? We went to Afghanistan for the express purpose of getting rid of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan as well as, as well as getting Osama bin Laden. And we did. You're saying that you've always known there was a small number of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. President Biden said... What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with Al-Qaeda gone? 
Yeah, I mean, in a major way, Al-Qaeda was not playing... Uh, no, wait, let me, let me finish. They weren't playing a major role uh, in, in operations uh, or resourcing or planning in Afghanistan. But, Peter, I, I know specifically, because I was at a different podium a year ago, and we talked about the fact that Al-Qaeda had a presence in Afghanistan, but small and not incredibly powerful or, or, uh, or potent. And I think, again, without getting into numbers, we would still assess that to, to be the case. So we know that the Taliban was harboring the world's most wanted terrorist. You guys gave a whole country to a bunch of people that are on the FBI most wanted list. What did you think was going to happen? I take issue with the premise that we gave a whole country to terrorist groups. I mean, again, I'd, 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 I'd encourage you to ask. The world's number one terrorist. How is that not giving a country to a terrorist sympathizing group, uh, if not giving them permission to have terrorists just well, sit on a balcony. The, the question, I mean, Peter, the way you asked that, it makes it sound like we owned Afghanistan a year ago. It wasn't our country. Um, it was an independent, sovereign state. And the president made a bold decision to end a war that had been going on for 20 years because he believed then and still believes now that our national security interests are best met by meeting the threats of today, not the threats of 2001. And uh, uh, we've, you know, I don't want to relitigate the whole war here, but uh, obviously no one anticipated the Ghani government to fall as fast as it did. Um, but we said at the time that as we depart Afghanistan, we're going to keep vigilant. We're going to stay ready, and we're not going to let Afghanistan become a safe haven for terrorists who threaten our homeland. And this past weekend, we proved that case precisely. But, so now that you know that the Taliban is not living up to the part of the deal that they made with the U.S. to not let Afghanistan be a place that terrorists feel like they can be safe, what are you going to do about it? Well, that gets to Peter's question. I'm not going to telegraph uh, decisions that haven't been made or, 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 or policy, uh, policy initiatives one way or the other. Are we I would just say... for some spectacular terrorist attack in the U.S. to then say, oh, well, there's terrorists... If we were, Peter... In, in Afghanistan, if we, now we can go get them. If we were, Peter, then we wouldn't have taken the hit on Saturday, the strike that we took on Mr. Zawahiri, if we were just waiting. This isn't about waiting. It's about watching, um, and we watched very closely, and we acted on what we learned. And I would go so far as to say not only the American people are safer as a result of President Biden's decision, but the rest of the world is safer. Does that mean that the threat from al-Qaeda is over? No, of course it's not. Now, they'll have to make some decisions here, and we'll watch that too. Uh, and if we discern a, a threat to the American homeland again from them or any other terrorist group, the president will reserve the right to take that action again. So we know that the Taliban was harboring the world's most wanted terrorist. You guys gave a whole country to a bunch of people that are on the FBI most wanted. Yeah, we just heard that. You know, here's the thing about that. I uh, de definitely don't believe that they are so stupid that they did what they did. We know that they did it. But I think everything that we're seeing them do, whether it's, you know, hey, we're trying to secure the border, it's a tough job, we don't have enough funding, um, and therefore, you know, we're not able to keep up with the demand. <laughs> There's so many, you know, so many lies packed into uh, Mayorkas and his statements about that. Remain in Mexico would be one. Title 42 would be another. Uh, you know, um, 
not being able to answer how many ICE agents are needed to throw these people out of the country, these illegal aliens, let's call them what they are, building a wall. They, the fact that they say walls don't work is ridiculous, you know. So it's, it's absolutely ridiculous across the board. They're lying through their teeth. We don't have a media that would ever question them. So they just get away with saying these words. The media is just as big of a problem as the corrupt government itself that we're having to deal with as taxpaying citizens who's financing our own enemy from within our own country, which sucks. And here's the thing, is they are lying to us about their intentions. And again, I don't understand the radical left, why they support Palestinians and Iranians over Israel or why they support open borders versus closed borders. I, mean, I know it's about capitalism. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm so, I know it's about globalism. I know it's about corporate money. And I know it's about being bought and paid for. Just like Joe Manchin, you know, signed off on this so-called inflation reduction bill. But really what he did was he got offered a $6 million pipeline or something like that. And he he basically got promised a pipeline for West Virginia that he could take that business back home to West Virginia. But, you know, uh, to what extent, to what expense for for, uh, Americans? So it's all about corporate greed and like we've been talking about. That's what that's what fuels globalism, globalism. And now they're basically at the U.N. They want to pass a international law that says that they need to crack down on, you know, globalist elites running the world. So there's misinformation or disinformation that that should be almost like um uh, a terrorist type of rhetoric that it should be silenced. It should be censored. You're not supposed to question at all these globalists in any way. So in any case, we got the Pelosi's. We wanted to talk about the flip story, Paul Pelosi and uh, Jesse Waters had a good uh, point about that. Let's take a listen. Paint an entirely different picture than what we've been told happened that night. And we were right. There were a series of injuries involved, serious ones. Both cars were totaled. There were drugs involved, not just alcohol. And Paul did hand cop something that wasn't his driver's license. And just today, on the eve of the hearing, the judge has been replaced in a blatantly corrupt move. Wait until you hear about this new judge. Let's go through this step by step. Remember they refused to hand over the mugshot and the body cam footage? Well, we know why. Court documents now show Papa Pauly P was absolutely plastered. And that, quote, his eyes appeared red and watery. He was unsteady on his feet. His speech was slurred. And he had a strong odor of alcoholic beverage emanating from his breath. But it wasn't just a little Chardonnay. Paulie was sipping on that night. The report goes on to say that Pelosi was under the influence of an alcoholic beverage and a drug. And he failed several 
field sobriety tests miserably. This report has shed some light onto the injuries of the victim as well. These injuries were much more severe than we were told. Originally, they said there were no injuries. And then it was, oh, no, you know, these injuries aren't that serious. Well, the victim has reported the day after the collision, quote, pain to his upper right arm, right shoulder and neck. It was also difficult to lift things with his right arm, and he was suffering from headaches and from fatigue and is being treated by a physician. Remember, District Attorney Allison Haley, hey, Allie, her entire justification for charging Pauly with a misdemeanor instead of a felony is that the injuries she said were not serious. Now we know they are serious. Primetime sort of sarcastically speculated that Pauly P, remember, tried to bribe law enforcement with like cash or whatever after the crash, but we weren't that far off. When asked to hand over his driver's license, instead, Papa Pauly P fumbled around and then handed them a donor card <laughs> specifically for the California Highway Patrol. In other words, implying, hey, guys, I'm a donor and I can be an even bigger donor if we can, you know, work this out. Was Pelosi so drunk he thought the donor card was his driver's license or was he trying to grease the cops? We don't know. And just so you know, this California Highway Fund accepts donations in stocks, seriously, which is a coincidence because Paul has a few shares he's trying to unload. The timing's actually perfect for tax purposes, of course. Now, this is the type of information we'd expect to learn in the defendant's court hearing, but you will not hear any of this tomorrow. Why? They have banned all cameras from the courtroom. And they've prohibited recordings of the live feed that goes out. But that's just where the cover-up begins. Are you ready? Because what also happened today, the night before the hearing, the presiding judge has mysteriously stepped down. And a new judge has been quickly installed. So who's this new judge? You're not going to believe this. Her name is Monique Langhorn. And she's a registered Democrat whose previous job, are you ready? She used to work for the Napa County DA's office. Does Judge Langhorn have any experience in criminal cases? No, this would be her first. <laughs> and it gets better. Guess who donated to this judge's campaign? The assistant DA who's going to be prosecuting the case tomorrow. And, and our friend Allie, the DA, Allison Haley. Hey, Allie. What? She's very well connected. She was appointed to a special advisory board by Gavin Newsom, too. So, I mean, this, this is totally deck stacking, if I've ever seen it. How can we expect a fair trial here when the judge and the prosecutors are all politically on the same side as the defendant, financially connected? There's a family connection we've told you about, too. Can you say rigged? Look, we get it. Paul's married to a California bigwig. He and Nancy are Golden State royalty. But they shouldn't get a free pass. Hey, Sean Hannity here. So there it is. That's kind of crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy. So we also today want to talk about uh, the the uh, spending, um, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. It's, it's impossible to say those two words 
in the same breath, you know, this is basically uh, Mansion selling out. But Kirsten Cinema has basically come out and said uh, the uh, there's a tax for um, um, carry uh, the carry tax. Uh, it's it's basically a, a dividend stock dividend uh, tax, and uh, she's she's opposed to that that tax. So so basically. Uh, Cinema is still on the fence. They got to make a couple of adjustments for to get Cinema on board. If they get Cinema on board, then Biden signs it, and this would this would uh, result in um, taxes going up. I've heard thirty thousand. If you make thirty thousand a year, your taxes are going to go up. I've also heard ten thousand dollars for someone making ten thousand dollars. Your your taxes are going to go up. So this is going to tax everybody in America, add adding to the inflation. You know, the gas prices weren't enough. You know, they're trying to talk about, oh, gas prices are coming down to $4 a gallon. But people are still paying double what they paid last year. There was a tweet out there. The woman says, I've just paid $80 to fill up my car. Last year it was 38 So, you know, you could, you could uh, basically... You know, give me uh, six dollars. You know, it was a dollar less than two dollars a gallon under Trump. It goes up to six. It comes down to four, and they're thinking they're giving you a gift. You know, that's uh, that's uh, funny math right there, right? Don't do me any favors. I was better off before you ever arrived. And again, I don't think that the Biden uh, Bidens are, are representing. Americans, they're, it's not reflective of America. I don't know what American really, you know, and I know Democrats that support Joe Biden, but they can't think of one reason why they're doing it. That's the strange thing. That's the crazy thing. It's, it's that they don't like Trump, but yet everything that Trump touched turned to gold. Everything that Trump did was good. And there wasn't one bad policy that I could think of from Donald Trump. I the only thing I really can't couldn't stand is some of the appointments that he would make, whether it was Bill Barr or uh uh the CIA um the CIA director, Gina Haspel, Dan Coates, you know, a lot of those uh, appointments were were terrible. But other than that, let's take a listen to Ted Cruz talk with uh, Kudlow, Larry Kudlow, about um, the Schumer Mansion bill. Let's take a listen. Talk about the IRS. I mean, this is, ta- this is taxation and coercion, and I hate conservatives uh, without any representation at all. And this is in, the- and I didn't know this, Senator, but the Wall Street Journal editorial said um, that the uh, allocation of $80 billion is six times their current budget. I did not know that. So that makes it even worse. Anyway, have you looked into this monstrosity? So, so I have. It is a terrible bill. There are many aspects of it that are terrible, but one of the ones you just asked about. This bill funds 87,000 new IRS agents. Mm-hmm. Imagine IRS agents descending upon America like a swarm of locusts. And by the way, these IRS agents aren't there to go after billionaires. They're there to go after you. They're there to go after your small business. They're there to go after your family. The Democrats' idea is if they audit the hell out of every American, think of all the money they can raise. 
Now, I got to say, as I've traveled Texas, as I've traveled the country, I've heard the people yearning for a lot of things in, in America. I've never once heard someone say, what we need is more IRS agents. Mm. I mean, this is big government run amok. And if you don't want to be audited next year and the year after and the year after, and by the way, if you're a Republican donor, this corrupt administration will audit you next year and the year after and the year after, we ought to kill this terrible, terrible bill. Yeah, you know, um, first of all, they're scoring this. Uh, the, the CBO has it in their latest documents, but they're scoring this um, as a plus, I don't know, $150 billion dollars. Uh, from the 86 or 87,000 new agents, which is all a bunch of malarkey. We've seen this movie before, and it never plays out. But can I come back to your other point? Who do you think they're going to go at? They're going to go after small, unincorporated, you know, pass-through, subchapter S business, making yep. 200 grand or less, can't afford all the uh, high-priced legal fees to take the IRS into court, and, Senator... They're going to go after conservatives. The memory of Lois Lerner lingers on. I just want to put that in. Uh, I don't know who the Lois Lerners are now in the IRS, but I will bet you in that deep state agency, there are Lois Lerners. Well, you know, this bill, there are clear winners and there are clear losers. The losers are manufacturers. The losers are small businesses. The losers are blue-collar workers. That's who they're targeting. The winners are Democratic lobbyists, IRS agents and California environmentalist billionaires. And, and it really is quite amazing. So, so you look at, for example, what they're calling the corporate minimum tax. As you know, the most important part of the 2017 tax cuts what was allowing for immediate expensing of capital expenditure. So if you're a small business, let's, let's say you're an auto manufacturer, and, and you go and build a new line to, to, to make new cars and make new trucks, you could immediately expense that, which means you have an incentive to invest capital and hire a bunch of new workers. What this bill is saying is, you know what, we don't want you to open a new line. We don't want new manufacturing. You're not going to hire those workers. By the way, if you're a, a union member right now, you're getting screwed in this bill because it will dramatically dramatically reduce investment in new jobs. And I'll tell you something else. There's an element of this bill that is particularly noxious. It's buried in there, which is the Democrats are trying to overturn the Supreme Court's West Virginia versus EPA victory came just a month ago, where the court concluded the EPA didn't have the ability to rewrite our environmental laws to regulate carbon. Apparently, Joe Manchin has cut a deal with Chuck Schumer to slip into this bill language overturning that, that, that decision, which empowers the EPA to destroy your job. And I'll tell you, there's no group that is getting hammered more by this terrible bill than coal miners in West Virginia. It is insane that when we're facing a recession and skyrocketing inflation, the Democrats are saying, let's hit working men and women even harder so we can pay off our lobbyist billionaire buddies. Senator, can you expand? I don't, I, I'm not aware of this to overturn uh, West Virginia versus EPA. I don't know what the language is. Um, you are a legal scholar. How does this, what are they saying? What's in here? Because I think you're breaking some news here. So what, what the Supreme Court concluded is, is that the Clean Air Act doesn't specify regulating carbon dioxide. And they concluded that, that, 
this is a major policy shift, and if Congress intends to make a major policy shift, Congress has to do it, not unelected bureaucrats. That was a great victory for manufacturers, for small businesses, for energy consumers, but of course, radical environmentalists hate it. So what this bill does is it writes in place several times, carbon, carbon, carbon. It writes it into the EPA law so that they can go back and say, well, now Congress has done this, and, and apparently Manchin's cut a deal where he's gotten a promise for a pipeline sometime in the future in West Virginia, and in exchange for that, the coal miners all get screwed, and, and he basically puts the coal industry out of business and drives oil and gas prices in, in America up dramatically. Consumers are getting the short end of the stick on this, and it's a power grab by the radical left. I, I don't know why Joe got snookered on this, but, but I hope he comes to his senses and, and, and remembers that bankrupting a bunch of coal miners in West Virginia is a really bad idea. Yeah, I know, uh, for a lot of reasons, including political reasons. But I'm going to have to look into this. They're writing in carbon emissions to overturn that EPA. That is very yep. bad, sir. So thank you yes. for alerting us. We're going to take, uh, take a closer look at that. So, then, you know, in general, the Biden promise no tax hikes under 400,000 is out the window. According to the staff, the nonpartisan staff, who really, there are no supply siders on the Joint Tax Committee. They've said it. Mr. Manchin said the other day on this network, on Fox News, that they were Republican partisans. It's not true, and the staff had to put out a press release. So that's out the window. The idea of no tax hikes and a recession's out the window. And finally, you know, the idea that um, inflation is caused by excessive federal spending. So we've had, I mean, Steve Moore and I have talked about this. We've had quite a bit of federal spending, I think you would agree, just in the last couple of weeks. We had this Chips Plus bill, yeah. which is close yep. to $300 billion, and uh, this bill, whatever it's going to be, uh, is another four or $500 billion. I'd say that's inflationary federal spending along with recessionary tax increases. I mean, the, the messaging, this is not about inflation reduction. It's the reverse. This is George Orwell. That's exactly right. See, it's what we've been saying for the longest time. You know, this government spending, injecting cash, liquidating cash, liquidating the dollar, weakens the dollar because this money is just being printed and sent out into the ether. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. An hour went by very quickly today. Um, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Magapack.org. Uh, if you can, make a donation because they're helping us push the Ad America First policy agenda for America. And uh, we're doing that in a whole host of ways. Uh, we, we have different uh, events in D.C. that we're um, aggregating and uh, also uh, this show and the shows over uh, across the country on, on our radio programs. Um, are pushing the America First policies. Um, and that's great for everybody. And, um, whoa. So, <laughs> we're getting all kinds of noise in the background, but that brings us to the end. We'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there.